after my workshop, I was like, I, I was discussing this with my coach. And he's like, yeah, you need to understand that when you learn, you also acquire attitude from the person who's teaching you. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Middleck, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my most amazing guest, Espina. Espina, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. My pleasure. Visiting us all the way from Greece. I'm I'm totally jealous. Awesome. So tell us who you are and give us a little bit of background on your business. Um, okay. Um, I'm a clinical dietitian psychologist by profession. And at the moment, I have an um, office online. Uh, now, I've uh, I've done the classic path of going through education and college, etc. And then, uh, you know, I worked in different settings, clinical and none. But I always had this thing of being independent, having something of my own. And uh, I did. Initially, it was just, you know, the classic having an office somewhere in the city. Uh, But uh, with finances going up and down and things not being so certain, etc., eventually I I said, okay, I'm going online full. (laughs) And that's what I did. So and I do three things, basically. I do one to one consultations. I do, I'm an international speaker, so I give talks, and I also do workshops for health care providers, for health health specialists. Um, and my thing, <laughs> my passion is communication in healthcare, how health professionals communicate with their patients. Awesome. And I think this thing uh, began when when I was still you know I started becoming I always wanted to be a doctor when I was a kid <laughs> and I went and became a volunteer at one of my hospital hospitals in my town and um, the thing that drew my attention is how health professionals communicated with the patients how they spoke with them how they treated them I mean treated them socially uh, there was such a, a variety, you know, some were very uh, humane, others were strict, others used to smile, others were frowning, others, and I used to see the effect that that would have on the patient and the whole path of the treatment. Mm-hmm. So this was something that I set my mind on, <laughs> that I needed to do something about it. So uh, from I don't know, more than 20 years back, I started joining all kinds of groups and associations that dealt with what was called patient education and patient approach. And it's amazing how it started all like a big no-no in a lot of uh, cultures and societies because the patient is not supposed to disagree with the doctor back then some <laughs> some. and uh, it evolved but uh, you know and I met brilliant people pioneers who really did a lot of work in the field but something just was missing 
there was always something missing. I always wanted to do something more about it. So I decided, you know, after I got my degrees and I went into experimental psychotherapy, I did. And then I became a health coach and um, that I needed to combine all this. And I put together my own theory. And I called it the WIP approach, which is WWYP. And it stands for work with yourself, work with your patient. Because I realized that there was one missing step in all the processes and the systems that were out there that nobody puts the flashlight on the health professional. They're always taught how to sort of approach the patient, but nobody really says, hey, what about you, you know? Are you polite? Are you ready? Can you speak? Do you communicate? So this was like the unique thing about my approach. And I was amazed at the beautiful results that it gave. <laughs> so this is what I'm concentrating on. And this is the approach that I always use um, when I do my one-to-one -one consultations with my clients. Right. So your clients are typically physicians, nurses, that kind well, of Well, for the workshops and for the talks, but for the one-to-one, -one, you know, I see clients who are in for weight loss and diabetes and uh, cancer, but it's not just a simple nutrition consult because I believe that the diagnosis has to be diagnosing the human patient and not the disease. So the diagnosis is not you have diabetes or you have a heart problem. The, the diagnosis is who are you who has diabetes? Because I may be the specialist in nutrition or somebody may be the specialist in diabetes and heart disease, but nobody knows your body more than you. And these two have to collaborate. And unfortunately, in most cases, they don't. Patients are just given instructions. And we health professionals have sort of managed to train <clears throat> the patients to behave a certain way with us. They come in, they immediately know where to sit. If it's a physical office, right? <laughs> <laughs> they, they know what to say. They know what they're not supposed to say. And it's... Um, I don't think it should be that way. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're glad somebody thinks it shouldn't be that way because uh, I'm personally thinking it's a, uh, it, it's, it's, it's time has come and gone. Let's put it that way. Mm. Um, and, and so kind of understanding from my background, from the uh, kind of holistic newer approaches of health and getting back to <laughs> straight mm -hmm. up nutrition and, uh, so this feeds into a lot of what I think, and I'm going, yeah, this, everybody knows this, don't they? And then I go out into society and realize that, no, no, they don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, so there, there's a whole lot that still has to be done because I heard about this years ago, and I want to say it was like 40 or 50 years ago. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it was like a movie or something like that, that some physician had done and, yeah. and realized, hey, you know, people are actually healthier when you treat them nicely. <laughs> what? <Okay. laughs> 
why would that happen? I don't understand. Uh, So I just assumed that everybody was doing this. But then I also have to, in my experience, take into account that a a physician, a specialist tends to be a very analytical thinker. They tend to be super smart and into the, the medicine. So when they do approach a person, they're really still like, half the brain is still working on the problem solving in the, you know, what's going on with this patient and how do we solve their problems and thinking that, you know, I'm here to solve your problem. I'm not here to be nice to you mm-hmm. and not, not from a, um, an attitude perspective, but from like, this is how I think. This is how I went through high school. This is how I went through universities. So I got my PhDs and this is how I got my specialties. <laughs> you know, so to be able to just take somebody out of that and go, hey, there's actually a person in front of you um, seems to be a, a huge undertaking. It is. Uh, so it is. how do, like one, do people go, hmm, maybe I should find somebody like you to, to help me through this. Or is it more of the systems going, Hey, Dr. So-and-so, uh, you need to go and talk to Despina. or is it like, how, how did they well, get to know you in the first place? I try to put myself out there so people <laughs> hear about me because it's not going to happen any other way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what happens is that any idea that comes in, the field or the market, it, it comes in the market. So believe it or not, for example, there is a, an approach system of communication in healthcare, which was built by an automobile uh, company. So <laughs> <laughs> things make you go, hmm. <laughs> what they did with people in the car industry, the same thing with people in the health industry. sense it makes but they did it Mm -hmm. and the the difficult thing is that everything boils down to a questionnaire Mm -hmm. we have a new system so this is the questionnaire that you're going to be asking your patients and it doesn't work like this so what i do is and i'm telling you um well i'm gonna confess that my toughest crowd are doctors Dietitians so. are easier, psychologists are easier, nurses are very nice, but doctors are tough. They don't like to be told what to do, and they don't like to be told what to do by a dietitian. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you to tell us what to hey, do? You're saying there's now, my, e- my, my easiest crowds would be doctors that are open to do something like this, and not all of them are the same. Um, and this is why I very much make an effort now to try and go into academics, into universities and schools with medical students to mm-hmm. try and teach them that from that point. Because once they're out, it's tough. Right. And a very right. interesting um, thing that I did once, I did a workshop with medical students. <laughs> And I went there and it was their last year. Now I knew several of their professors and I went there. And as I was doing the workshop, I would see behaviors in them that I would recognize their professors whom I knew. (laughs) 
So after my workshop, I was like, I, I was discussing this with my coach. And he's like, yeah, you need to understand that when you learn, you also acquire attitude from the person who's teaching you. So that was a bit of a, a problem because they were already set in their ways of how to confront a patient. So you would understand. <laughs> well, when you put it that way and we're confronting <laughs> patients, that's, that's probably a problem right off the bat. But, <laughs> but, but you know, in their defense, that's kind of how I approach them too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I could benefit from your <laughs> training too. I probably don't need to be quite so confrontational well, when I'm talking to them. Yeah. <laughs> so it it is tough, but um, I'll tell you something because um, you know, at some point I decided to really focus on the business part of my office because I had mm -hmm. to. Yeah. Um, and um. At the beginning, I would do my talks, go to conferences, talk about my approach. They loved it, I'm a good speaker, but I wouldn't add the sales part of the thing at the end, you know, right. to actually sell it. And in spite of that, my statistics showed that 12 and a half percent of the audience wanted to attend a workshop. So I thought that was great for whichever reason it was. And I don't care what the reason is, as long as I just bring them into the workshop. So that was encouraging. That was encouraging. I think the more people do the workshops, the more they will start accepting it. Because well, talk to me about some of the research that you've gone through or seen and, and how the doctor's attitude affects the patient. Like there, there's gotta be some studies like that, that, that if they, um, if they approach them in the way that you're suggesting, you know, what kind of differences can they expect to have or what kind of different experience can the patient expect to have? It's, it's a matter of training. The, the doctor trains the patient mm -hmm. and the patient accepts this training for several reasons. Um, Okay, let me gather my thoughts here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and while you're doing that, I'll just kind of explain where I'm coming from. Because mm -hmm. I think that the way that my mother, say, who's 90, approaches the medical profession, period, like whether she sees a commercial with a doctor in it or is actually in front of a doctor, and the way I approach it, it's complete 180. Like we are on opposite ends of the spectrum period. <laughs> so there are times when it, she knows that and it becomes, Hey, can you come and see this doctor with me? Because I'm not feeling like I'm getting what I need out of this. Mm -hmm. So she knows it. And, uh, for the majority of it, she just complies and does what she, what she always does. And, complies. Uh, yeah. and, and I'm not thinking that's healthy, but I could be wrong. No, no, because, um, what, what happens is when you know how to communicate better with your patient, this is the key point, is that you provide a platform where they feel comfortable and confident enough to spill their guts out. And you want that as a health professional because you want to know who's that person that you have in front of you. Now, if you do not do that and you just deliver 
the diagnosis and the instructions, you're doing that, I mean, mechanically, but you're not going to have the results that you want. You're not. I mean, we see people, especially in chronic disease, where they're not motivated to deal with their issue. They just go day after day and they, you know, recently I've been um, reading some posts on Facebook. I'm not going to quote because it was from a, a private group. And this uh, lady with diabetes, she said, um, I went to my doctor yesterday and he told me XXX, which was really insulting. He insulted her and he sort of, I don't know why he spoke to her like this to scare her maybe to so that she can make a, a, a bigger effort. And I was thinking, how can somebody talk to his patient like this? And at the end, she goes, I love it when the when the doctor is so caring. And I'm thinking, oh, hmm. <laughs> she thought it was caring somehow for some reason. Okay, so there's a lot to see in the patient as well, because once you have a good relationship with your patient and they really expose what they want and what they don't want, they understand that they have their share of the responsibility in the treatment. And a lot of patients try to avoid that. They just want, I got these instructions. I did what they told me to do. That's it. No more than that. So it's, it's, it's a two-way street, I mean. Mm -hmm. But I try to concentrate on the doctors because this is the host. He's the person who receives the patient and he has to make the patient comfortable in his office, in his place, in his space or wherever. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's the starting point. Um, it's it's difficult. It's difficult, but there definitely has been a change throughout the years. People are asking, but and the uh, are are, at, are asking for more communication. But at the same time, there's less and less time dedicated to the patient. You only have you know there are places <clears throat> where they are literally told. No more than 10 minutes, no more than five minutes. So, okay. But if it takes longer than 10 <laughs> minutes to diagnose something. Well, okay. and, and, and it doesn't really make sense because if one patient, you know what it is, it takes five seconds. You're like, okay, done yeah. next. That mm -hmm. time accumulates and you go on to the next one, I would think. Um, yeah. But I guess that makes sense that, you know, somehow, some way they're trying to figure out how to fit within their budget and see as many people as possible and 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 yes. it becomes difficult on both ends and um i i remember just a number that um i was reading once an article and said that in the meeting between doctor and patient the time that the patient has to speak averages about 17 seconds what can you say in 17 seconds well, Hello, I'm a speaker, so I can probably sit more than the average person, but I'm sure they're thinking about it. <laughs> I've got the whole speech ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, yeah. and and it comes down to, I think people are still, the masses still think that if I go to a doctor, they're going to solve all my problems for me because they know everything about everything. Yeah. And yeah. 
I would think that it's obvious that we can't all know everything, no matter how smart somebody is. And, you know, they could have a photographic memory or, a, or whatever other word you use to describe that and still not, you know, know everything that there is to know in, in even a medical sense um, or even a pathologic or not a pathogenic sense, like the, the ill side of things, let alone the creating health side of things. Like it becomes yeah. a huge conundrum is how do we deal with this when we are under the time constraints we're under the financial constraints we're under the the patient doesn't really know or understand themselves that well they've never been taught to pay attention to their body so why would they and unless you're asking the exact right question to their exact right person then you start to realize hey this is <laughs> this is almost set up to be a failure which can't possibly be fun for anybody, especially somebody with 15 years of university behind them. That's true. That's true. It's, you know, but there has to be a roadmap and there's so many factors. There's body language, there's tone of voice, there's all kinds of things that you need to, to pay attention to in order to bring that person where you want them to be. Nice. And, and it, it, Sounds a lot to me like sales training, which is kind of fun in that it kind of sort of is, but at the same time, sales training is kind of a lot like what we were learning was a lot from, you know, how doctors would approach their patients, because mm -hmm. in a sense, you're looking to diagnose the, your prospects issues as quickly as possible and give them accurate information back saying, you know, we're probably not a fit, but it sounds mm -hmm. like you need, you know, this other solution to it um which to me sounds like a lot of fun but <laughs> so when, when you're working with the, the the doctors I mean are they um so you're looking for tell us what you're looking for when you're working with them um in in teaching them so you're I'm assuming you're teaching them about the body language about the the words yes well, first of all it's a, yeah it's a it's communication and behavior everybody in medical and paramedical, you know, you do psychology classes, but that doesn't really give you much. So basics of communication, what, how, first of all, how does a communication get blocked between two people, which is very important to understand. Uh, and then once they understand the basics, we go through different uh, games and exercises. And that's very important because it puts the, the communication in, in, into a game, but they also discover a lot of things about their own behavior. So <laughs> do, you, do you get feedback from your clients afterwards? Like, do you know kind of what they're going through before and after they take the yes. program? Do you have an yes. example of a Cinderella story of somebody? Uh, I have a... Uh, hmm. I can give you the example of a, of a patient yeah. who came into uh, the office and she was, um, and I, I give that because I, I can give this specific example without violating. So oh she came into my office and um, she was obviously obese and I realized she wanted to lose weight. So we started talking. She told me that she did all the diets that are out there. She was dieting on and off. She went to doctors, dietitians, to coaches. She registered uh, to the gym, etc. 
and uh, eventually somebody referred her to me and I said, okay, so I jotted that down. Of course, I realized that there's there's always an issue behind having a lot of weight. You know, nobody wakes up in the morning saying, um, what am I going to do today? Right. Let me just start eating more. You know, <laughs> it doesn't happen. But anyway, we started talking and I used whatever I, I could to bring her where I wanted. And within two minutes, she's like, you know, I want to um, stop you here and tell you something that I only discuss with my um, uh, psychiatrist. And I said, what? She said, I wanted to say that I've been an abused child and an abused wife. So what that did is that immediately it changed the diagnosis. Because if I didn't have that piece of information, I would have concentrated on her nutrition, on her diet, and she probably would have walked out of my office with a diet regimen, which would have been the wrong treatment for her. So that was great because I knew I had to start somewhere else. And I knew that giving her a diet regimen wouldn't help. Was At not going to do her. Yeah. Right. So, well, and, and I assume yes. it's extremely common to um, for people to do that, thinking, oh, I clearly have a physical issue. I clearly, you know, this is this is yes. physical. It's right. <laughs> medical. I'm right. going to go and yeah. see a doctor, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. I mean, obviously, she she knew at the back of her mind that it was related, but she didn't know but what I did is that I gave her the opportunity to just say it and that was a great help for me and eventually for her you know so and this is this is the 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 benefit of it is that you have a better picture of who you have in front of you mm -hmm. so yeah nice. so what are some of the stumbling blocks that somebody might be having right now and they're thinking wow just being I need you so badly well, <laughs> if they're not happy, whether they're a patient and they're not happy with their health professional or the other way around, that they feel that every time they leave the meeting and not everything was said, that, you know, I wanted to say this, but I, maybe it's not related or a lot of patients do that. They think they can, they choose to, to, to pick information and leave it out because they think it's going to sound silly or that it's not related or whatever, or that it's somebody else's specialty. But if, if you're going to health professional, show your whole self, that's me. And they know where, where to start. And if you're a health professional and you're not satisfied, don't block it because the only thing you're gonna accomplish is become more and more insensitive to this. Patient in, patient out, and then I don't know if you want to be that kind of health professional, but you have to understand the, the wholeness of that person coming in. And with time, it becomes faster. They learn how to do it faster. At the beginning, it takes time. And they're like, they get pressured or I'm not going to have enough time to do this with the patient. Well, yes, not right now, but in the long run, you're going to get the hang of it and it's going to be much faster. I love it. So I know our listeners are going to want more from you. How did they start that journey with you? Uh, well, first of all, you 
can contact me. I have my website, which is justinavaraklas.com. <laughs> you can contact me there and, or we can uh, book a call and talk about whatever, you know, on, on your mind. Love that. And of course, peeps, we will have all of Despina's links in the show notes. So you can either scroll down, of course, as always, go to awarenessstrategies.com slash blog and look for Despina or health professionals or physicians and patients. <laughs> Lots of <laughs> very good that you will find her there. Awesome. So Despina, I have to ask, yeah, at what point in life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Um, a young age, a young age, um, you know, coming, I grew up in Jerusalem and all that area from the Mediterranean up until, you know, Southeast Asia is where the trade was, you know, from, from ever we can remember there it's, it's trade was always there. And uh, what my dad was in real estate he loved his orchard, but <laughs> so from a very young girl, I used to, I was very intrigued when people came to buy something, how he behaved, what he said, what he didn't say, especially with money. But uh, early on, when I was like 2021, 20, I knew I had to do something with business. I knew I had to do it. Um, and then, you know, I was years in uh hospital settings, you know, clinical settings. But when I got my own office, I was liberated. But <laughs> I didn't, I knew nothing about money. It was, that was my tough journey. I had to learn about money. I thought, okay, this is an emergency. <laughs> I don't know anything about money because I always had a salary. Of course, I remember that my worst time was, was closing the deal about my salary. I hated that meeting. Right. And I hated it because I didn't know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. So I felt pressured. And then when I had my office, you know, it's like, knock, knock, who's on the door? It's me. I'm money. I'm thinking, I've never seen you like this before. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, I had to train myself. I did a lot of training. I, I did several classes, whatever, until I got, okay, now I'm okay. And now I'm good. <laughs> I love it. But awesome. I love it. Definitely. Yeah. Very good. Uh, any last words for our peeps today? Well, um, yeah. When you, well, if you are, we're all patients, right? Each and every one of us. <laughs> Doctors are patients too. <laughs> so when you go to your doctor, remember, show your entire self who you are. And if you are a health professional and you feel whatever it is, any obstacle in your communication with your patient, don't leave it there. Don't leave it there because it's going to show up further down on the road. And so call me. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much for your time. Thank Christina. you. I can I have, it. can I give a, 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 a freebie? Oh, no, a freebie. Anyway, some gift. Absolutely. The listeners. <laughs> okay. Now on my website, I have usually have it on a 30 minute free consult. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of this is that people would realize the difference between showing themselves 
and hiding themselves to their health professionals so that they understand what I'm talking about. Um, now, other than that, for those who listen into this uh, call, um, just mention that you heard me on Michelle's show. And you'll get, um, if you decide to, to, to move forward and, and do whatever it is with me, uh, you're going to get a 20% off on top of it. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's awesome. So peeps go and check out Despina's website and yeah. book that discovery call with her. You will love it and enjoy it. Thank you again for your time, Despina. I appreciate thank it. You. I know it's a it. pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. We love making entrepreneurialism contagious. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com slash blog. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, I like five stars personally, and share with your friends.